to Game Time. Community. This is Game Time. Family. It's Game Time. Awareness. There are moments when Game Time gets serious. And always remember, good luck and Godspeed and Godspeed and Godspeed. And we are live. Let me go ahead and tell you this. The best thing about this thing, Mr. Clark, is, is it is another Thursday. It's a great day to be alive. <laughs> now, look, already this week, man, I see the strangest thing. The Olympics are starting this week. You know what I'm saying? We already having problems with COVID. Now, I've heard a whole bunch of people say, man, it's time to go in and kind of kind of eliminate this thing, man. Like to eliminate the whole Olympics. You know what I'm saying? I mean, have, have we came to the point that it's not even popular enough to, to say that we're just going to eliminate it? Come on, man. I, I don't know if it's to the point of saying that we need to eliminate it, Coach. I just think that we need to do a better job of how we facilitate that. Yes. And making sure that we facilitate things in a better capacity so everybody around can be safe. You know, when you have people that are constantly testing every single day and they're coming up, with COVID-19. I mean, that tells you that there are some issues and some problems with the way that we do things. But at the same time, is it something that you should eliminate? No, I don't think it's something that you should eliminate. I just think that we should do it in a, in a, in a safer capacity. So if that means that wearing masks is going to be the thing, let's wear a mask. Let's just mask up and be safe. Put a mask on and put and, the United States flag on. And, 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 and my thing is this, and I know there are people who believe that, you know, hey, I don't need to wear a mask. I don't want to wear one. And there's some that say, if you give me three, I'll wear three. Let me give you the biblical principle that I live by. There's a scripture that says that we should not put our God to the test. Mm. Mm. And so I'm not one of them type of people that I believe that we need to put God to the test. So whatever I think I need to do to stay safe, that's what I'm going to do for myself. And I would pray that others would do whatever they believe that wouldn't put their God to the test. Because the same God that let you live, coach. It's the same God that'll let you die if you do something that ain't right. <laughs> ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? So, so we go ahead and look at this thing now. I'm going to tell you. I remember when I was younger watching the Olympics. I'm, 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 I'm talking about like, like in my mind, it seemed like now I wasn't the guy that always had cable, so Channel Five just was blocked off. Coach, when I was growing up, because I'm just telling you, you know, wasn't but three channels. It was Channel Five, Channel Eight, and on a good day, you know, you got KLAFY out of Lafayette, you know, on a, yeah, on a good day, right? You know, right. get out there and try to. Twist that antenna <laughs> around so that you can catch that signal, Jeff. Right, right, right. Nobody will ever understand the old uh, screw and that in, in them little metal things that you, you had to screw in in, in the back yes. of the what you call them. Now I really don't think them things even helped. Literally, I have grabbed on top of the antenna and the picture came in clear. Then just having the thing, and like, like, am I the human antenna? You, you are. You are a greater <laughs> conductor of whatever was needed to send that signal through. Right. Coach, I can go back to the days of actually having uh, aluminum foil oh, yes. on there, trying, oh, yes. to, trying to catch a better signal and all that kind of stuff, man. So I'm telling you, I have gone through the gambit of uh, not being able to get good signals throughout the course of my life. And then when I was growing up, of course, we took, we're going to get to the Olympic part of it and all that kind of stuff. But growing up, man, I was a big Miss South Wrestling fan. Uh oh, okay. so 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 I wanted to see the junkyard dog on Saturday. Yeah, you know, yeah. and if the if the if everything wasn't right, you know, I got a fuzzy picture of, of the of the junkyard dog trying you to do the change. Yeah, 
<laughs> and him trying to do that dance on, on on the apron of the ring while he's trying to get in. You know, man, I, I was I was upset. Right. You know. Right. And and, and so uh, having those three channels, coach coming in, I'm telling you, if they were all popping that day, who life was good. Well, well, I'm gonna say it like this: dealing with, especially with the Olympics right now, that what we're dealing with. This is the United States against the world. This is the United States against the world. It is the most exhilarating thing. It is the biggest honor in the world for um, any American to wear the red, white, and blue and go yes. ahead and have USA on their chest. And and I didn't realize that they had so many sports that I didn't even acknowledge as sports. You know, living here in the South, man, I mean, like, 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 I understand volleyball. Okay, I got that. But there are some sports that are outside of the venue that I've never seen before, never seen anybody to do these things, but it's an active sport. Coach, I was in college before I realized what curling was. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Look, curling look, look. and highlight. Yes. And I'm thinking, these are Olympic sports? Yes. Yes. Uh, you, you've got to be kidding me, right? Oh. Like, you know, like, no, these are actually Olympic sports that people participate in. And I'm like, man, get, give me that mop. Let me let me mop <laughs> that ice, baby. I can do that only in this thing. Well, look at this. Look, the greatest thing today, Coach, is we have the opportunity for our first guests to go ahead and come. It in. is amazing, Coach. Hey, look, look, I, it, where it, have it, we came from? I, that's what I was just about to say. From the cannon to the dungeon, now we're here. <laughs> now we are here. Now we're here. Look, let me go ahead and give you a little uh, taste of Harley. Uh, one, I, I I knew him when we were younger in life. Just to go ahead and kind of say that. Well, I'm, I'm talking about when I was still at Northwood. Oh, you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, 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 I was seven years like, old back then. <laughs> Playing like, varsity football. Right, right, right. Look, look, look. <laughs> so life has definitely gone ahead and changing how everything comes in a circle. Now, us, and look, the two coaches, and now we're going to talk to Harley. Now, just to go ahead and give a little bit of his bio, let me go ahead and make sure that I hit everything because it's so long, coach. It's so long. One, he is, he's an owner because we're going to talk about this extreme sports and human performance. We're going to talk about that. Because that is that is definitely he was a former program director of peak fitness and performance. He's a strength conditioner coach for Buckeye High School. Uh, also, basketball um, team and Ash uh, softball team. Twenty years of experience in fitness and sports performance, and, and in the industry. Let me go ahead and tell you this: when you talk about putting twenty years in anything, anything, let me, <laughs> let me tell you that's. That's, That's halfway to retirement. That's, That's halfway to retirement. I want you to go ahead and say hello to the people, man. Uh, how you doing? My name's Holly Ryder. I uh, started when I was, I was seven years old, 27. <laughs> 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 give my age away. I'll, I'll give two things to give my age away. One, me and Coach Bayer, we actually first met. He probably doesn't remember me because I was a freshman getting run over by him in Northwood High School in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> we traveled there on school, the night before squirrel season. I remember that. Come on. And uh, you worked at Champs. Yes, and indeed. I worked at Champs. Worked Champs Sports. Yeah. Shouts out to Champs. Everybody selling <laughs> shoes, man. Go get it, man. Yeah. And, and, and as a matter of fact, they just, they just started selling Nike gloves while the kids were now. You guys are the first one to get that. And another thing to show my age is shout out to Mid-South Wrestling because when I was four years old, Grandma thought that stuff was real. <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was real. And I was in the building. Like General Skandar Agbar. Oh! Do the fireball. Yes. Duggan's face. Yes. And he hit the patch on. I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
where wrestling goes real, man. Where wrestling goes real. Uh, oh, 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 look, it, it's nothing better. It's nothing better than trying one of these moves. Let me go ahead and tell you this. And I know, look, look, man, we got to go ahead and get to where we're. But my older brother put me in the figure four. And let me tell you, if you don't think wrestling is real, if you don't think that is real, not coach, I really need you to go ahead. Have you ever been put in the figure four? I have. And, have been. <laughs> have been. The Boston Crab. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> They, they they don't tell you when you're five <laughs> that these things will actually hurt if you apply pressure. Properly. Yes. They don't tell you that stuff. And you get somebody and you flip them over and you start leaning back and you start feeling things kind of pop in your back. Like, yes. wait a minute. Hey, I'm, I, I, I know it's supposed to be real, you know, but, you know, at some point I got to tap out of this thing right here. <laughs> yes, indeed. They don't tell you that it will hurt you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, now, hold, come on, Mr. Ryder. Tell me a little bit about your business. Tell me about uh, what and where you I, do. I'm the owner and uh, sports performance, human performance coach at Extreme Sports and Human uh, Performance. And basically what I do right now, we I just started in January on my own. I left, I left Pete Fitness and Performance. I've been working well, tw- 20 years. Actually, I worked. I was the manager of Don Fields, built by Don Fields. Shout out to Don Fields. Who's a Shouts legend. out. Look, look, no Don Fields. Yes, he's uh, definitely a legend. I the camp for, uh, I in the camp for about 10 years over there. I managed the place. So I've been around high school athletes. I've seen strength and conditioning from every, from, from every aspect of it. It's what I got into personal training to do. I started in 2002, and as a matter of fact, I got by chance, I got sent to Don's because there was no uh, openings at, L- at LC back then. And when I walked in there, you know, there was no internet back then. No internet. Yeah, you're right. You could right. look at stuff up, and, and Don was, had this crazy stuff. They were jumping on boxes. Plot, just something exists back then. Plyometrics was not around here. So he had some crazy ideas that didn't really translate. But he had lots that did work. And um, I told him, you know, my, my goal to get into this was to work with kids. And, and through 17 or 18 years of hard work, I'm finally at a point to where that is my primary thing. And the biggest thing is trying to make changes in, in, in young people's lives because we talked about this in the gym today. Sports and training for sports is supposed to be a self, a safe haven to, to learn how to deal with adversity, how to overcome you know obstacles, how to, how to get along with people, how to get outside your comfort zone without the dangers that you run into in real life. You know, there, there's no consequences to that. And, and I try, you know, we started seven. Um, so, 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 so you telling me you start at seven I, years I, I, of I got, age? I got as old as five, young as five. Okay, actually. okay, okay. I'm, 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 five, I'm, five I'm, I'm liking five, it. Five to thirty, whatever. I've, I've yes. had a couple uh, NFL guys come through and, and, and mid, mid-level, uh, not NBA guys, but but lower division semi-pros. Yes, basketball, baseball, every sport. So, uh, I've worked with athletes of all calibers and, and different levels, and, and seen it from every side of it. And and there's a lot of things. When we talked about this, is what started this this idea for this was in Planet Fitness. I, I see Coach Bayo. At one point, we were following each other. We see her in the morning Planet Fitness. Yes. And in the evening CBA. Yes. And you say we were in this. <laughs> we in this thing. You know what I'm saying? We're in this thing. <laughs> so yes, about 12 to 14 hours a day right now. I'm in the trenches. So I've got to see stuff. Uh, Barker High School, the girls' basketball team. Very young team. No one can drive you. Uh, eighth graders. And, and they, hit, within a month, have seen huge differences in you know, they almost beat Ash in the game uh, at the end of June, where they got beat 66-6 in the first encounter. Wow! So that was a, a huge improvement. Uh, Alexandria High School, senior high school, the girls softball team, 
uh, Tioga Junior High is going to contract me out to do the, the boys and girls basketball next month. Country Day with a cross-country program, I'll be working with them and possibly LSU softball. So, and not to mention individual athletes and everything. So, and, and Grand High School, I worked with them a couple of years ago. So, I've been in the schools and I've seen what's going on, and I have some of my own ideas. I can get a bit opinionated on things. Okay. I don't okay. Want, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Yes. Yes. Call, yes. Understood. Understood. You know, just present a different view to people that maybe aren't aren't kind of seeing things from from the outside looking in. Let me go ahead and tell you this. Me and Coach, we go and have a long term and still coach as well. And and th- there are a lot of things whenever you are a coach in the high school sector that you are focused on. You know, it's it's tough for a coach to be looking at the X's and O's and also looking at strength, uh, well-being mm-hmm. and, 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 and things like that. Nutrition like like it is very difficult because you're kind of entrenched into this is what <laughs> this this is what the game and the game plan is. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes those things can go and be neglected. Like tell me how how are you able to work with all type of sports? Like if there's a football team, if there's a basketball team, it's a like 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 how do you acclimate yourself into those the, the into big, those? The biggest thing I do is modality of training. I'll, I'll give you for instance the difference between how I train the Buckeye girls basketball team versus ash softball buckeye contracts me out for four days a week for for six months they go all the way in season which will drop to two depending on that ash softball could only do two days a week buckeye girls basketball they're young and they need mobility because they're going to trap they're going to press they're going to run uh they're young they're they're, they're not going to score a lot of points but they're going to he's going to try and put those girls and put the pressure make those games ugly so the main thing i'm working on with them is going to be lateral speed lateral quickness we're trying to get them more mobile more athletic as softball has the athletes, they can move. That they're smaller though; they're more athletic. So he wanted power. So the the two programs are completely different. That's program more for strength training with power and force development. The girls' basketball is mobility. So it's whatever. When somebody comes to me, I try to I try to say that uh, I'm a consultant. So you know you may have a strength uh, coach on staff, which is fine. I'm a consultant. I'm not coming in to take your program over. I'm not coming in to to say that I'm better than you. Or I'm just coming in to help because, like you said, usually your strength coach at a, at a school is going to be also probably a defensive bass coach or a coordinator yeah. or something like that. There's a lot of stuff that goes in. And I noticed this in the schools. We, we talked about fundraising. We talked about organizing practices. You get some of these schools with 150 kids. You become – you've got so much stuff to do, uh, summer league, seven on seven, that you neglect some of the other stuff. You know, you can't pay attention to how a kid moves or runs. You've got time to do it. So, and I've noticed girls' sports have been, have been way more open to me coming in and them saying, look, I coach basketball. You do this. Do your thing. I'll check in with you. And that's fine. I don't claim you're not a basketball coach. And I'll say, yes, sir, I'm not. I'm not a strength coach or, or a mobility coach. I'm calling myself a, a strength coach, actually, a sports performance coach. I'm not that. So you do your thing, and we can come together. And make this better, and I think that's that, I think that's the future of it. If you look at any top programs, in NCAA, Nick Saban, for instance, I'm gonna use him because he's the pinnacle of coaching. I may get mm-hmm. oh, I mean, let me go I mean, ahead I mean, and I tell you this: look, 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 like we didn't already go and ask somebody to turn off right now because yeah, yeah, you yeah, go ahead and mention Nick uh, Saban. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Go tie your butt. <laughs> I 
<laughs> Believe me, I, 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 I think the PSI or not the PSI, the, uh, the percentage of win uh, said that we're at a 4%. I mean, so there's a 96% chance that we're going to lose against yeah, Alabama yeah. this year. And they may beat them, but you got to look at Kirk Saban's record for the last uh, 20 years. Yes. years. Yeah. Even in Michigan State, what he did with them. And, and as he's grown, he outsources to the best. And Nick Saban doesn't care at the end of the day if uh, whoever gets the credit for this. At the end of the day, they're going to look at Coach Saban and say, as his program, he won this because he you surround yourself with people more knowledgeable than you, and you outsource and delegate. That's and that's the business thing as well. But coaching wise, that's what he does. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who gets the credit. I mean, the head coach is always need the credit for the program. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I, one of the things that I was looking at earlier today, I was listening to uh, Urban Meyer talk and talk about sports in particular. One of the things that you will find that is a great problem is just teaching people how to solve that mystery, how to align themselves with people who can help them to be the most productive. How do you go in and sell yourself to the programs in particular? I try to tell, like I just said, the biggest thing I've done is to sell a consultant. I think, you know, when we first started and I was a Pete coming in trying to sell it by saying, we're going to come in and do this. There, there are a lot of egos, and especially in male sports. Gotcha. Males have egos. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you have to have egos. You, yes. have to, you have to have confidence. And it's going to be natural for somebody to say, I don't want you in my territory. So I would come in and say, well, look, you have the strength program. Let me just do the speed and mobility work. I try to put it in a way to let them know that, that I'm here to help. Yeah. You know, that, that I can do something that, that not that you're not capable of. I'm not trying to downplay you, but th there's every aspect of it can be looked at. Maybe you have a, a great strength program, but you need a mobility program, even if it's for the younger guys, because the, the freshmen and the sophomores, and we talked about before I got here, the, the junior high kids. Yes especially are the ones who are being neglected right now, 12 to 14. And that's the age to get them. And that's been one of my bigger markets for the one-on-one or, or, or the group stuff is 11 to about 15, depending on the athlete. And they're being neglected in the way they move and the way they run. Um, travel schedules take a huge toll on these kids' bodies. Yes, and, and yes, it's yes. not like it was 20 years ago when me and you played. Um, they, they are playing every sport year round. So a lot, another thing I do is try to say, I'm going to come in for injury prevention yes. or prehab work, if you want to call it that, and try to stop it and try to get these kids recovery. Uh, I love that word right there, prehab. Prehab, not rehab, pre but I'm going to prehab the situation yes. before it happens. And I've had to tweak some of what I've done since in the last two years uh, to do that to where, for instance, you know, if a kid comes to me and they got a heavy travel ball schedule, which they, which they usually do, because the majority of my clientele right now is softball, baseball, mainly softball, um, our sprint volume is going to be low. So I'm going to teach you how to accelerate. I'm going to teach you how to push off. I'm going I'm to teach you how to get in, in, in top speed or change direction. But I'm not going to put you in the turf and run you for, for 20 minutes. Because right. somebody's going to do that already. Yeah. What I'm going to try to do now is get you to drill the mechanics and get your body to move to where when you go out to practice and do it, then you're doing it properly. And that way I'm not – you take a kid for three hours of the practice and you bring them to me and they do one hour of sprinting, that's four hours in a day. And right. Then gain, you know, on top of everything else. So I've learned that I scale back some of what I do as far as the application of it. I should say application. As far as I do the actual sprinting or running and put more of the technique and the mechanics into it and try to reinforce. What I'm trying to do is reprogram kids neurologically. 
Yeah. These big words. I got you. Uh, I'm trying to reprogram their movement pattern. Yeah. And the biggest thing is, I think, in this disrespect to anybody, the, the attitude is, let's play more ball. Let's play more ball. Well, that's great if you want to play more ball. But, but if you're going to play more ball, outsource somebody else to teach the movements properly. So we're that way when they're playing more ball, they're not just reinforcing bad mechanics. Yes. And when I say bad mechanics, I'm going to mainly say hip movement. That I was is, just going to ask that question about hip alignment. That is the biggest, that is the number one hip hip alignment and single leg stability are the biggest issues. I've, I've evaluated over 200 kids in the last few years, if not more. They all have tight hips. Yeah. All of them. I've seen guys who run four or 540s who, whose piriformis are so tight they can't even pull. They can't see me doing this, but they can't pull their heel up and stretch it. Um I've seen kids who can squat 500 pounds who cannot stand on one leg and touch their toe uh, in, in a single leg deadlift, right hand to right toe. If I went out, and, and that's one of the big things that, that when somebody comes to CBA, which is where I work out of mainly, I'll say, you know, stand on one leg. I mean, I mean Grimes make a joke about this. It, it sounds hokey or like a sales tactic, but it's just like, you know, stand on one leg. And they stand on it. And if they can balance this, okay, now squat down as low as you can. 95% of them can't. And I'm talking 15, 16-year-old kids, starters, yes. pitchers. Yes. They should be having single leg movement, and they can't do it. Um, the same thing, stand on one leg, take your right hand, and go a, a stiff-legged deadlift down to your right toe. A lot of those kids are going to fall on their face. And then I was talking to somebody else who, who, who plays on the travel league baseball team of elite Division One prospects. Went to a camp, he said 90% of the kids fell down. And it's just because they don't have that that single leg stability, they don't have that hip movement they should. So everything I, I start, it starts with the ankles out, of course. But the first thing that I do, especially if I get a program or a kid who does one on ones, we're gonna we're probably not gonna run it all for the first two or three sessions. We're gonna go through lateral movement, hip movement, um, different things to really build the hip and the glutes up because that's the primary mobilizer. We were school, they told us the hamstrings. Yes. Yes. Hamstrings. Running is glutes and hips. Side to side movement is glutes and hips. Quick feet, and I'm putting quotation marks around that, doesn't exist. It's it's footwork is for boxers or or MMA fighters or maybe linemen. But quick feet for a receiver is actually lateral hip extension. Mm. Because if you can't plant and push off laterally with your hips, then you can't go anyway. Yeah. Now you see these guys in the league, and you got a, a four three versus a four two running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, now, I mean, now you now you look at every advantage, and they see these guys. You know, you know, Odell Beckham's, or they see the um, <laughs> the DK Metcalfs, and, and they're doing the sh- they're, they're shimmying and they're shaking their feet. But when that guy goes to push off laterally, yes. there's a lot of force behind that. Yes. But those guys are trying to get every little advantage they can versus each other. You take a high school kid and you start working the quick feet before you work the lateral hip extension. Well, you want to do the pretty stuff before you do the, the work. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Put the yes. grind in. There's, there's nothing, um, there's nothing you put on Instagram that looks cool about one leg squats. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going right. to right. jump six inches and land on one leg and make sure that I land properly. But that's the foundation. And you have to build foundations. So yes. The younger I get them, the better, because that's the foundation I build. And if I get an eight-year-old, who can, you know, do one-legged squat, who can jump on both feet and land on one leg properly, whose hips are mobile, and he continues to do that, he has a huge, huge advantage over the kids when he's 12. You keep doing that, by the time he's in high school, 
you could take somebody who somebody say was quote average athlete or maybe possibly slow, and he's going to be actually faster or more mobile or or less you know uh, chance of injury. It's going to put him ahead of the competition. Yeah, yeah. Coach Clark, we always go ahead and talk about this of of having them kids right now of of wanting the flash mm-hmm. of, 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 of wanting that pretty before you go ahead and go with the monotonous things. It's the because sizzle, sizzle before the steak. Yes, 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 yes. You yes. can't have that. And the biggest, the biggest influence is Camara uh, for the, the tight end for the Saints. What is he, 6'4", 6'5", 270, Gosh. abs. I mean, he's a freaking nature. He puts a lot of videos on Instagram. He's running circles around cones. And he's, he's doing the rings and all that. Well, a lot of those kids and these these coaches will emulate that because they think that that's that's what it's not that it's 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 kind of like a like a Floyd Mayweather type thing. He's a boring the the stuff he does is boring, but he put the flash to sell it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he he's doing these things, but they don't see that this guy his lateral hip extension is so strong and those quick feet that looks pretty until they hit with it. You think you think his stuff is boring until you get hit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're like, wait a minute. He's a little bit stronger than what I thought he was. You know what I'm saying? The biggest thing was, you know, uh, during COVID, I actually was uh, I was in the hospital for five weeks with a, with a leg infection. I had some abscess with a drain. Uh, so I did a lot of research on single way stability. And I've been building towards that anyway. Hip mobility, stuff like that. So when we went to, to peak, I programmed most of the stuff around uh, single leg movements, the weight, the weights that we did, uh, we didn't want to put, put the kids on the barbells because of COVID. And plus, I was having an issue programming around the squats and the power queens. So let me give them something they're not getting, which was kettlebell movements and dumbbell movements on on, on, on unilateral, on single leg, single arm, <clears throat> balance issues. By the time they got to football season, the, the highlight reels were, were insane. Yes. Kids were cutting harder. They were faster, but the main thing is they're coming off edges faster because they can plant and cut with the lateral hip extension more. So that that shows you how important that is. Now, you get a guy who's about to get drafted. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. Yes, yes. Feet, yes. I mean, Let me go ahead and say it like this: we, we, we like, like the, the the thing that I love about this, and especially whenever you talk about the ages, we're gonna go ahead and go back a little bit, especially with the seven-year-old, the eight-year-old, before they go ahead and get into some of their bad habits. Let me go ahead and tell you this. This is some things that, that I want to go ahead and look into, and this is going to be something that could be new for, for me and Coach Clark, is we want to kind of go through this junior high sector to go ahead and kind of spotlight a lot of junior high, to go and talk about brain, to talk about Pineville Junior High, to talk about some of the upcoming individuals or even to talk about freshman ball or JV ball of what's going to what what's what's coming up. It seems like we're everybody here locally wants to know about that starter that's already finished and refined in the one that's going goes there. I like to hear about the athlete that is not finished and refined to say what are they doing you know, because that athlete has to be willing to do something that other people are not willing to do already. You know what I'm saying? And 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 and, and especially that's why they go and call us coaches. So we 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 get our hands into the material while it's still while it's still magical. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? While it's still kind of we can form it into where and where it is. Like like what what do you see? What do you see that we as rapids perish? Us as a local community, that if coaches are listening to this, what can they instill or kind of 
like like what weaknesses this is the number one weakness or the number one flaw that's kind of holding back some of some 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 of the things that you really see kind of just just, just to kind of go and get your ideas about I'm that. I'm gonna say that we're we'll back to the hips hip extension. Uh, and I can't never you guys can't see it because I can't do it. If I was to do a standing lunge, the difference between uh, what they do and you can uh, you guys can see me do it. They're gonna lunge out and they're gonna stop about a half inch short. And some kids even run like they're ducking under a door. Okay. So they're not straight up. I had a guy come in and he was um. He was getting ready for a virtual combine. He played at a, at a D2 in Oklahoma. He went to LC. He was a tight end, 6'4", about 250, 260 abs. Did, ran a 4'6", four, 4'9". Four, uh, four, Don't be mad if I get this wrong. 4'5", 4'6", 4'9". But he's getting ready for, for a virtual. Um, he had a virtual that invited him to a combine. He got a letter for it. Well, he went to Traction, which is in Baton Rouge. It's $8,000 for three months. The agent paid for it. He gets a wall, and a wall drive is, is a drill where you're at a 45-degree angle, and you have to strike your foot down. You pick your hip, you strike the foot down and lock the hip out. That should lock the knee out because it works on acceleration. It's coming off the first 10 to 20 yards. He cannot lock his knee out because he had a quad imbalance to the point to where he got frustrated and wanted to quit the drill. And that goes to show you that even this highly developed monstrosity of athlete mm-hmm. couldn't lock his hips it's and knee out now. completely. And he even went through training where the, they taught him front side mechanics, which is top speed. And you could watch in his 40 where his hips would come up vertically within like five yards rather than 20 yards. So, and he said after two sessions over there with us, he said, you know, I'll learn more in these two sessions in three months over there. So if that goes to the point being made is this guy was 24. Mm-hmm. Imagine what a 12 year old, no one's ever shown him that. Yes. And I get some of these kids in there and it's like, I know this is about three or four weeks ago. And this is one of the advantages. I'm working 12 hours. I'm in the trenches. I'm, I'm working 12 hours a day. I've got kids in a cage or I've got kids on the court or, or I'm at the facility in Ash. I'm constantly, I'm watching movement. I've seen probably 250 kids move this summer alone. And the biggest thing I notice is locking that hip out, locking that knee out, <clears throat> training that hip extension to the point where it's, it's, where it's instinctual it's almost like martial arts you know there is an art form to some of this or i think it is yes and you know uh not club feet where their feet are abducted out yes Mm -hmm. yes there's a big issue Mm -hmm. and and the more these kids run with that you know you get a lot of kids who who get with with the outward feet and they're so used to it they're 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 fast like or they're faster like that and they're putting more force down like that well, it's a bad movement. It's not as efficient. So what you have to do now is come in and correct that. But now when you correct it, the kid's going to not feel as fast doing it. So you have to get the kid out of his comfort zone. And mm-hmm. to do that, you have to be willing, I think, as a coach, to sit there and practice and see he might be a little bit slower at first. And, and you know, and then other kids have to, you know, they're real receptive. And they're real – kids are very, very sensitive to criticism. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and, and and just yesterday, I was in a junior high school practice dealing with offensive linemen. And that's the first thing that I saw with one of the kids that I'm, I'm coaching is his feet alignment are out, you know, in this motion. And somehow, some way, somebody taught him over the period of time that this was the right way to actually do it instead of getting everything turned back into an alignment that's with his body. And so when I changed that, you could see him wanting to go back to, to bad habits 
because that just didn't feel comfortable. Yeah. How do you get a kid in particular mm-hmm. or a young man, young lady to get to the place of saying, I've got to learn how to be comfortable being uncomfortable? I, I've been fortunate to where the, the, the parents, which God bless them, have been receptive to what I'm doing. And they, they see that. And, and what they see is it's not so much that the, the someone taught them how to, how to feed out. They allowed it to happen. Mm. They saw it eight or 10 or 12 or we're still seeing it you know i have a 15 minute warm-up that goes before my session started and a lot of coaches will take that warm-up and they're not paying attention to the kids blow through it and the feet are wrong you know it looks like they're, they're just going through the motions that warm-up is crucial because that warm-up is due to teach hip extension mm-hmm. if i squat during the warm-up with the kid they're going to lock their hips out if they lunge they're going to lock their hip out if they're doing a lateral movement they're going to line their toes up with their knees all this is during the warm-up. If, if they're doing some sort of like jumping, pogo jumps, they're going to stiffen. They're going to lock out their hips and knees for force production. That is getting them ready to sprint. What the kid wants to do is come in and run through the warm-up real quick, mm-hmm. and then go do the sprints and race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and do it and do it the wrong way, and then say, "Oh, I won." Well, it's not. No, it's not even about that. Yes, it's, it's about the, the winner is the one that the best technique because you can beat. I tell them all the time, you're not competing against anyone that's running. I don't know trophies in the back for who won the 20 yard sprint. Yeah, yes, yes, you know, yes, yes very much so. It's something I had to tell the kids over going to compete. We're not, there are no trophies in the back, guys, for, for the for the 10 year old who ran the, the who won the most 20 yard yes. sprints. Yes. But there might be a trophy 10 years from now for the kid who is the fastest and does it the right way. And while you're doing this wrong and beating everybody, there's somebody out there. Somebody out there who's doing it right. Yes. And they're embracing doing it right. Yes. Yes. And it's yes. kind of what I what I had to tell you know the Buckeye girls were doing this thing where uh, the first week I noticed they, they'd count down one more minute, ladies, one more rep, ladies. We got in that weight room the second time. Oh, one more minute, ladies. I said, nah, two more minutes. We got down one more minute. I said, nah, two more minutes. One, I said, you guys will see what I'm doing. I said, there is no time limit. Yeah. I said, because the more you count down and say there's one more minute, there's some, some savage in Caldwell that beat you last year to say, you know what? I want five more minutes. Yes, yes, I want yes. five more minutes to beat you up. So you don't, and now they don't count down no more. Let me go ahead and tell you this. So the great words of Tom O'Kelly <laughs> right here. Tom O'Kelly, go ahead and tell you, you can always take one more step. You can always take one more step. I don't care who you are. Unless you're dead, you can take one more step. And that is the mindset of, you can always do a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when we go ahead and come up with defined ends, when we go ahead and say that this is for sure, if they had a definite end, they would never have no reason for extra innings. They'll never have no reason for overtime. <laughs> There's a possibility for overtime. Mm-hmm. So now you're telling me when we have to take another step that you hear this from the defeated. Well, we were winning but we had to go to overtime, and then that's when we lost it. Wait a minute. Somebody had already been practicing for that overtime. You Somebody know what I'm saying? Somebody wanted it to go ahead and get to that to, to that level. And once we're talking about leveling up a kid, if you can go ahead and attack that type of mentality, especially with the junior high, especially with the elementary, and you don't have to reteach it again. You don't have to reteach it again because now we're going to go ahead and get to another point once before we get off this podcast, we want to make sure where you're located, how and where we can come in contact with you. When I post this thing up, I'm going to make sure that I have all the information that we have this up here as well. But where do you think, I'm going to talk to Coach Clark first. Coach, we, 
we didn't talk about how kids have not kind of been the kids of the past. You know, laziness existed even back when we were when, when, when we were growing up. You know what I'm saying? I, sometimes we go in and kind of get into this fictitious world of like, you know, there were no lazy people wearing yeah. where we were. It was, you know it was all airtight, my man. <laughs> you know Everything was Every, airtight. Everybody was just outside running parties. You know <laughs> well, well, let me go ahead and tell you, I have a cousin. In itself, he never came outside. You right. know what I'm saying? And it didn't matter if it was a video game, didn't matter what in the world it was. So, how do you think? How can we attack? I'm gonna start with you. How can we attack as if I'm a parent, if I'm trying to go ahead because because we're gonna have all types of people listening to this, it can go ahead and be that five-year-old or six-year-old. How would you think to encourage? Some of these young kids to kind of get out there, even if they may not be as like a mom trying to go and get them to play some TV. What do you think some encouraging things we can go ahead and do with that? Well, the first thing is, is just to find out if the kid really wants to even try. OK, that, that's the start. Hey, let's try this. Let's see where we can go with this. That's the first thing It's just to get them to try something that they wouldn't normally want to do on a regular basis is to get them out of their comfort zone and try to get them started in that direction. So let's try. I'm, I, so I'm, I'm encouraging son, daughter, let's try baseball. Let's try softball. Let's try football. Let's see what we can see from these different sports. Once, once you can get them out of that comfort zone and just get them into it, maybe from there you can start saying to them, like, okay, I need to put you into with somebody who can actually help you to get better. Because the one thing I've learned, Coach, as a, as a parent, the worst thing that we can do sometimes is try to coach and train our own children. Oh, boy. That's, that, that's, that's a mouthful right there, Coach. That, that's a mouthful. So, so eliminating yourself, backing away, and allowing yourself to allow somebody else to come in and be able to horn in those particular areas once you can get the kids involved, wanting them to try to do new things, and then teaching them the proper techniques. Because once you step away from it, somebody else can teach your child usually better than you can. Yes. Because you're looking at it from a totally different perspective and point of view. And my job as the panel. Once I have in, once I have um, got them out of that zone to try something, it is my job to keep them encouraged. Yes. While they go through. Yes. Because that's what's missing in a lot of things is encouragement, encouragement, encouragement. So many times, what we think is encouragement is really a disencouragement. Yes. So yes. backing away giving somebody else that space to be able to lift. And all you have to do is come underneath that and just lay on that nice little jail to keep it going. I got you. I got you. Now, Coach Rodden, now we go ahead and come in there because we're talking to that parent that's that's in the field. Let me go ahead and say this. Louisiana almost leads the nation in obesity. So whenever they talk about these kids being lazy, let me go ahead and tell you, you're talking to two big coaches right here that are that still try to go ahead and get a limit in, but there is some inactivity in the parents, and it's hard to go ahead and kind of pull this energy out. When you see the parents, and I'm not talking about going ahead and putting this into something but don't you think that some things can go ahead and be within the family that if they see, let me give an example. If they see mom and dad read, 
the kid is more likely to read. Now, if they don't see mom and dad really go out here and, and exercise, nine times out of 10, you're going to go ahead and actually get a kid that might be defined to some of your techniques. How do how, how would you encourage some of the parents that that are looking for this answer to say, maybe I can get them ready, stabilize them so then they can perform a little bit better than just going out there and be like, where's the Gatorade mama? Well, first thing you do is harm and train your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. So we're saying that he also trains dog dogs no, no, no. as well. No, That's the way. But I would say that uh, on top of that, you know, set the example. And, and he talked about encouragement. And I think a lot of times, this is the biggest thing I see. And I think this is the, I don't have kids. So I can look at this, I think, objectively. I think the worst thing that you could do is when you get in a car after a game, no matter what happened in that game, no matter what happened, no matter how many bad calls you got, no matter how stacked the league is against you, no matter what the other competition did, I think one of the worst things that you can do is sit in that car and no realize they're doing it and say they cheated. Mm. They cheated, they cheated, they cheated. Because the biggest thing I saw when Pete first opened was a group of kids who were running 20-yard sprints and everyone that lost said, you cheated, he cheated, he cheated. Until finally one night I came out of the office and said, look, we don't use the word cheat here. We don't do it. And if I hear it again, then somebody's going to be doing squat jumps until they go to the bathroom. Because you want somebody to cheat. That that's a that's an old that's a um, Dan Gable mentality. Dan Gable mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. lost one wrestling match entire career. Greatest wrestler ever lived. Said they asked him about the Russians on the steroids. He said I want the Russians to be on steroids. He said you know why? Because he's mentally weak. And all I got to do is loosen one wire. And I got him. And I told those kids that I said if the, if the kid's cheating, good. Don't say a word. Just line up and work harder. And eventually one day, he's mentally weak. You can you can beat him like that. You can loosen the wire. And that goes back to um, – I'm going to start rambling here. No, go ahead. Look, 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 look. look. Mental, we're, we're mental, here. mental toughness is probably – it's not as much laziness as it is mental toughness. I think that's the biggest difference between – and I hate to be that old guy that says, you know – 20 years ago. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 20 years ago, we had... Uh-oh. Reflecting. It's time to look in the rear view. Gums out on it. Yes. But, but the mental toughness, because there, there's so much... And it's not calling from the parents. It's so easy to click on the social media and put a picture of yourself in the uniform on. Put, your, put a picture of yourself doing this and, and either get a like, instant gratification, or to get sympathy. You know, I, you can say, well, I got this. But the thing the kid doesn't want to do is when they – you give a rare one out of ten right now. They don't face – and they get this from from the pro level, too. It goes on down, which we go to NBA, too, how it's ruined about buying this type of stuff, is the mentality of I'm going, I'm going to show you. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm going to come out there and I'm going to – you know, like I said, don't, you know, you, you attack the opponent. They don't want to do that anymore. It, it, the first sign of adversity, they, they shirk away from it. And you get one of ten kids that will step up and say that. But I think the, the biggest thing is mental toughness. Is when they're criticized, they 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 they, they go in the shell. When they when they make a mistake, they they think they can never make mistakes, and and, and they're just not mentally tough. And, and the little things, like you said, it's all flash. Yeah. They they won't. Yeah. Well, we talk about the nice gloves. To go back to that, to come yes. full circle. When they were selling the gloves back in the 90s, back in our day, 
Our coaches call the sissies for buying those. Yeah. Right. Because you want to dress yourself up and do that. And now schools are actually paying for those things. And there's yes. nothing wrong with that. Yes. But it becomes more. I've seen teams who are one and nine. I remember Don seeing a team two and eight. And they were dressing themselves up in the locker room. They go out and lose by 20. Look, right. Beware, beware of the brands that you actually clothe on your body. Beware of these brands because not all brands. We want to associate ourselves with what we consider to be a winning mentality, but we're not willing to actually do what that winning mentality says. That, like, just because they put a Nike sign on Michael Jordan or Jordan, he was that before he wore that brand. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? But in their mindset, they're saying, since I have this brand, I'm a winner too without any work. And without they, any they work. See, they see the finished product. Another example would be Floyd Mayweather Jr., who was, he was the greatest boxer ever lived. But he was, a, he was a very technical defensive specialist. So that's boring. He's not a knockout artist. He broke his hands over his career. He couldn't, he wasn't like people out. So what did he do? He created a persona, Money Mayweather. Yes. And, and that HBO did the 24th. And he's a genius for that. Oh, what? And he, yes. And his gates went from, from 2 million to 30 within two fights because he created a, a villain. That people, But all people saw was the man throwing the money at the camera and the, mm-hmm. the panels and all that. Yes. What they yes. didn't see or pay attention to the documentaries was, and they're starting to see it now, was the grind, the constant grind they got, the, the eight-hour workout days yeah. and the three o'clock in the morning workout. Yes. That's the stuff that the kids aren't paying attention. Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant, yes. rest in peace. Work, work nine-hour workouts, man. You know, you see that finished product, you see those commercials, and, and Kobe was a little different. He wasn't as, quite as marketable as some of them. Yeah, but yeah. and and I and I throw in like somebody like Craig Hodges, who was on the Bulls. Yes, one of the first guys I ever heard say, "Well, look, if I'm gonna be a three-point shooting machine, I gotta step out on this court and shoot 500 of these yes. before I even eat breakfast in the morning." You know, this is something that I do ahead of time. I'm putting myself in position because I'm putting in the work that I want to see from my game when I'm actually out there. So when somebody throws me the ball because I've shot this shot enough, I know what I can do from this particular area. I know what I, Floyd yes. Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather yes. is, and, 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 I, and I love it because I he's genius. Because the one thing that he said to a guy, and, and I forget who he was actually talking to. He said, look, I don't want you to uh, make me have your contacts. You show me how to do whatever it is that you yes. do, and I can create yes. my own. Yes. I don't want yours. I'm going to hang out with you. I don't want, I don't want to ride on your boat. Right. I'm going to ride on your boat so you can tell me how to get a boat, boat like this. Yes. Exactly. See, see, see the, the, the thing that we, that we talk about, because today everything, the only thing that they hear are the words. What do you think? Like, when did this month, when did the Conor McGregor's, when did the child Sonya's, when did these these loudmouths actually go ahead and take over of what they're saying in this voice? Because I'm going to tell you this. I don't think I really heard Carl Malone say that much. I really don't think John well, Stockton really go in and said that much. I really don't even think Michael Jordan said that much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and 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 and, and we're talking about the '90s. We're talking about certain things. The most flashiest player, the most per, the the main person that I think that started bringing on this icon is Deion Sanders. He was the loud. He was the loudest person talking. 
that 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 that, uh, that, that I had seen in prime time. The Dion was that I was in NFL '91 or '92. And he had helmets on. So Dion's thing was, I got to market myself with this helmet on. So you know, back then, uh, they, they still do it. You take the helmet off, you got a fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. Dion would purposely take, and he had the Nike rag on and the gloves. But he's smart because he was. Dion was saying, when I get out of this game, that that's for business aspect. And to me, the business aspect is, is too big in sports now. But at the time, those guys wouldn't make it twenty million a year. They're making one or two. Jordan made a million dollars a year before he came back from the retirement. From retirement, yeah. And, and he and Jordan had an image. Now the image came out later. He's he's a cutthroat killer in practice, and that's what <laughs> yeah. they wanted. Yeah. But yeah. I think with the deal with the, with the McGregors and the Shell Simons and all that, if if you look even at Conor McGregor for recent, I think he's kind of dropped off recently. The work ethic in those guys were there. Yes. And Shell Simon was there. That guy was a grinder, and no one noticed him. Until he started talking trash, yes. and it's it's the Ric Flair thing. It's, yes, it's, it's, yes, it's a, yes, yes. They took fighting to a wrestling mentality. Yes, and his ratings. So, so yes, you were taking guys with substance who had no style, who said, "Look, I'm tired of, of making too many. I'm the best boxer in the game. I'm tired of no one watching my fights. So what I'm going to do? I'm gonna, HBO's going to give me this opportunity. I'm going to take full advantage of. I'm going to create a villain." Heel, yeah, we talk about I'm gonna create a bad guy that people either love, you either appreciate him for his skills, or you, you either love it because you like that style, or yep. you want, mainly 80% of people want to see him get beat. And they fork out a hundred dollars, and Floyd fights a defensive fight, yes, and everyone's mad the next day. And yes. It's like, dude. He's 51 and 0, and it's been 51 fights have been the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not yeah, going yeah, to see yeah, him yeah, trading yeah, nobody. Yes, yes. And in it, I love how you go ahead and put that with the wrestling montage because if you go and ask me, Rick Flack could go ahead and talk with the best. And 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 really uh, that villain type action. I remember when uh, The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson yeah. was, was was actually just. Just coming in, he was booed whenever yeah. he first go ahead and oh, came right. out. Yeah, like, like nobody really going ahead was behind him. But then when he started to go ahead, it started to develop, Stone and it Cold started Steve to go Stone Cold Steve. Like, that, like, 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 like it didn't matter. You, you were hanging on every word. Okay, so but now we have these athletes. That have not gone ahead and put any work. Now I understand you put the work in first, and then you can go with yeah. your words. Mm-hmm. Remember what we go in and said uh, to, to begin with. It says to 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 walk. You got to walk the walk before you can talk the talk. talk. You got me. But now these jokers today, they talking to the talk before they even walk, walk the walk. walk. Yeah, you know, like Rick Flair. And that's professional wrestling in the sports. It's fake. We talked about that. You talked earlier. It's fake, but it's not fake. This guy, man, there in the eighties was was on the road three hundred and sixty five days a year. Sometimes you watch a documentary on ESPN. He's flying to Japan one night and wrestling there, flying back, wrestling the next. That's a worth ethic. No matter if it's what you consider that sport or not, this guy's hurry broke his back in an airplane crash. He put in work and then still talked trash to build that. So you, the greatest people who talk trash, there's always a, there's substance before style. It's always yes. there. A lot of them just realize that. I can't make any money because, like Chelsea, for instance, the guy, those fights were boring. Unless you appreciated wrestling, I liked them. But most people, they want to see people trade. They want to see a bloodbath. He wasn't going to do that. I'm going to on the ground and play my game. Yes. So how am I going to market this? Well, I'm smart, so I'm going to start talking to a bunch of trash and calling people out. Yes. And, and But then, like you said, then the, the generation doesn't see 
what goes behind I that. But now they just start talking trash. And because when my dad was coming up, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Muhammad Ali was that guy. Yes, yeah. yes, Muhammad Ali was the, he was the, the first guy that he really had, he had the the he, he way ahead of his time, the sixties and seventies. No one wanted to see Cassius Clay fight. Yeah. But they yeah. want to see Muhammad Ali fight because he's going to build a fight up and then talk to trash. And you either like them or you, or, you hate him. or you hate him. Let me go ahead and tell you this. I believe that America, and I'm going to say America, <laughs> respects talent. Because we have gotten to a point where you don't even have to speak the language and we'll respect your, 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 your idol. Right now, um, the, the 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 guy from from Asia um, that, that that pitches and um, come on now I can't even think of his Otani. name right Otani he can't even speak English okay look at with the Bucks we have it, 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 he's from Greece yeah. and he speaks English but it's very broken yeah. but I don't hear anyone making fun of this because they respect the talent <laughs> I remember the Spider. He won all those things. Still need a translator. Mm-hmm. We respect talent. And that's where we're trying to go and get. We might listen to your words, but we respect your actions. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I don't know if you got LeBron James fans or not. And I may lose some customers because I'm Uh-oh. not a LeBron James fan at all. <laughs> but I think that a lot of the mentality from, from kids coming up, the NBA is different than it was 20 years ago. Yes. And there's a huge difference with LeBron James and Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. The difference is this. LeBron is the most physically gifted player. I think no one can argue that. The most gifted athlete to ever play in the league. Probably could be the greatest player ever. But there's that one little thing that separates him. Is whenever he, he runs into adversity or they lose, he has built-in defense mechanisms to make an excuse. I passed the ball the most I could. I gave my ch- my teammates the best chance. You know, you see him one year against Boston, and, he, and they're losing, and he's shooting the free throws, and he's got the thing on his arm, and uh, he grabs the elbow, and he milks the injury. So that way you get in the press conference later and say, oh, well, my elbow hurt. And you see these kids start to emulate that attitude. And, and the whole NBA, which at one point the NBA was bigger than the NFL back in, back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now, now, let me go ahead and say this. I believe that 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 – that the NBA, now let me go ahead and say this, the NBA that was playing when we're talking about the Michael Jordan, the the the, the Pistons, the Bulls when they first go ahead and came in, there was not as much talent as like the superstars were really superstars. Like, like it was that athlete. Sean Kemp was my guy. Okay. Oh, you, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The rain man. But you know, his attribute, he could jump very high. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have as much talent as we're talking. Like, today's NBA has more talent. We went through this kind of starving out where basketball players, if we really go ahead and talk about it, when Randy Moss came in and they start seeing that taller receivers could go play and be these huge things. Because, remember, we always had fast, little small uh, wide receivers. But when Randy Moss and some of these Megatron, these 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guys that can go in and jump that should have been in basketball, start saying, let me go ahead and go into this other side. Now, in the progression of things, 6'5", is nothing. you got to be 6'8", 6'10". And I'm talking about these guys that's running up and down this court, for me, 
I believe you're, you're you're correct. LeBron James is one of the most physically gifted I have ever seen in scoring in play. You're saying athleticism. But if you take the ball players, I think the '90s was the apex of you know in of athleticism meeting basketball players. There's some ball players. John Stockton was not a great athlete, but if you took the rules of the of the '90s and put him, if you put those guys in the rules of back then, where they hand checked and these these baby calls were not flavored ones. You know, and, and the Pistons were beating beating you to death. And every team had a goon who hit the. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was truly goon. glorified hockey. It was. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you had another goon to fight the goon. Yeah. When he cut the scores legs up. Look at Reggie versus the Knicks. Like Charles Barkley. Uh, Reggie Miller got beat to death by the Knicks for five, five years. years what's the guy? What's the guy from the Knicks that used to go ahead and beat you up? Charles Oakley. Oh, oh Oakley will no, beat you up, and, 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 and he'll beat you up outside yeah. of the um, what's called. Yep. Yes, yeah, yes. Daniel, Everybody had one. The only person that didn't have one was guy. <laughs> I always go ahead and say it was us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 in it, I, look look look. Of, of, of what I see today, of what I see in the athletes, the athletes are getting better and better and better. And and, and it's and, and it's hard for me to go in and say this because I know I'm I'm, I'm about to go in and say something. That what you call? I believe Stud John Stockton get his tail whooped if he tried to go in and come into the NBA right what, now. What, what area you're playing? I'm 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 talking about with Curry, with some of these shooters that we talking about. We they have marksmen. I have never seen the, the like like we had games that was. That in, in the 90s, that was like 88 to, to when somebody scored 100 points, everybody got something well, free. The reason why, we've got to argue now. Here we go. <laughs> back then, you could hand check, and the defense was more physical. Now, you take some of these guys now and put them in the paint and let Bill and Beer close on them and put them in the paint again. And it comes to the league and they cycle through and John Sally close on you. Yeah, and the third yeah. time you come in the paint, Rick Mahorn close on you. You've got 15 fouls to use up in that game. Just in the post alone. Yeah. How long are those guys going to mentally last in the league right now? Let me go ahead and tell you this. You got guys who the the second something goes wrong, this is what they say. I don't want to play here no more. I want to go play with my buddy. And AAU basketball and grown men. The the guy that I say. John Stockton from the 90s and the 90s rules. John Stockton's going to beat that elbow and beat beat on you and grind on you all game until they say I quit. You put John Stockton in the league now where you can't hand check. They're gonna run around him and dunk on him. Let I mean, me go ahead and say they're this. They're better athletes or they're monsters, but they're, but the guy that changed it all for me, that could go ahead and take everything, and they had to go ahead and change defenses and everything else like that. Shaq. Hands down. He could take whatever they was trying to do and say, I'm too big for y'all. And I think that you ran into now more seven footers. Like, like now, we don't play in the paint like we used to. We don't go ahead and do these things. Everybody, we have taken the game foreign-wise, and we are starting to put more foreign players in the pros than anything back in the 90s. Like when like Kukos, his his name was like, mm, wait a minute, where in the world this foreigner's from? You know what I'm saying? Now, now in it, but now we have seven-footers that are outside and in in, in shooting three-pointers. Now, three-pointers are the thing now. Like, like three po- we had a three-point specialist in the 90s, but everybody else was slashing to the goal. Now, in it, for me, do I think that, that like, it doesn't matter what this era is. I believe that, 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 that when Kobe played, and, and, and people are going to go ahead and be down on when, when I say this right here, I believe that, that the transition from Jordan to Kobe – 
that there were some down years, that we didn't really have the best athletes to go ahead. And they needed to go ahead and kind of – a lot of people was retiring. We, we you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, think, yeah, I, think, I think the league changed the rules because in 94, the Knicks played the Rockets in the final score when it was like 52 to 48. And at that point, I think the league was saying the Chicago Bulls are arguably the greatest franchise of all time. No one can argue that. They averaged 90 points a game. But, but look at it, the defense was different back then. I think that you had a transitionary period where the league was a little bit down, but I think they started changing the rules up because they wanted to see more scoring. And it's kind of like football, too. You, the physicality is – man, go, go watch uh, – you know, the biggest opportunity for me with the league was uh, James Harrison. I watched some James Harrison highlights about a year ago, and, and that was in 2011, I watched, 2012 highlights. That was only nine years ago. Yes. Those guys look like wrestlers, man. And James yeah. Harrison is knocking people's heads off. And like you just don't see that anymore. Now you see it's, it's a speed game. And it kind of goes back to what the difference between, I plug myself in, what I'm doing out there versus the old school we used to do. Yes. We lined up in the wishbone. And I don't know yes. if I ran the hour or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it yeah. was just smash mouth. It's, it's, it's smash mouth. Yes. It was 4 2 a football. And nobody passed the ball. We had three passes played. If, if you didn't have enough bruises on you, Something was wrong. You really didn't play the game, right? The more scratches, craters, and all that. Yeah. But, but here we go. But it's, it's a game of edges now. You're kind of the corners. I believe that the same thing that 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 Major League Baseball got into is the same thing the NBA got into. We started to outsource the game. The United States was not coming up with a product that they could go ahead and run by themselves. Now I'm going to say this right now because this is this gets into some sports talk. They said that more than a little bit more than 50 percent are first generation or second generation from the MLB that are not American. First generation, first coming here and they still need translators. The basketball range like has has tampered into that. Everybody look at the draft. Look at how many people that are going first round. When do you remember that we were attacking so much of the the, the leagues that are over there? Like we're getting beat in the in, in, in exhibition games right now, fellas, by by our elite that supposed to be USA. You're running into the Europeans still play. They're ball players. They're, they're, they still have fundamental. That's why mm-hmm. they're, the years that uh, when they, they took over, Coach K took over the Olympics. Oh yeah, when they got third place. Because that still was, remember that. What, that what, was what, the, what, what was that? Oh look, look. They were telling them to throw that in the trash. That was the the, the wake up call that we had athletes and you're you're the ball players. Mm-hmm. And they were playing ball and they could play ball and all that too. So. They're going out, and I think they're getting these Europeans in, in the draft because everybody in the NBA is one and done, one and done. You get unre- and they're coming up through AAU programs where they'll they'll coach fundamentals. Uh, if you ever read up on the on the AAU system, I read a book about a guy who was supposed to be next to LeBron back in the early 2000s. It tracks him from seventh grade to his senior year. And one of the big things was the shoe company wars were going mm-hmm. on. And the biggest opening to why the league is the way it is now, as far as the, with the American players, was. By the time he was, he could dunk when he's 12. You know, he's the top 12, 12 year old in the country. Back then, that was a big deal for that. His coach would say, uh, look, these guys from Adidas are out here in the stands. Throw the ball to him, dunk it every time. Dunk it every time. Don't play defense, dunk the ball. And he got used to that. And then when he got on the team where someone tried to coach him, he'd say, 
I don't want that criticism. I want I want to go to this team. And what's that sound like? Right. This team over here with my buddies and this coach is going to do this for me. Nike's going to give me these shoes. Mm-hmm. And the Europeans, in the meantime, were still playing fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So these guys are getting to college after that. Now they're going to want it done. And even uh, – I think Lamar Balls want to take his his kids and, yes, and so yes. a whole league for, for yes. high school. Yes. So like, I don't, yes. I don't keep up with enough to know, but I know that like it was just like we're just neglect completely fundamentals and, and and shoot the three pointer. A big thing I noticed, I did a program at Legacy Heights in 2017. It was open jam for these kids, and you had kids that were coming in eighth grade. They're just playing pickup ball. They're, they're not refined, but. They, they, they had the size. Everyone dribble, would get the ball in the paint, dribble out to the three-point line and shoot the three. Yes, yes. That, that, that's, 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 that's a part of that game. Steph Curry. Yeah. Yes. But back in the day, everybody would be Jordan. So everyone drove, or, or Kobe, you drove the paint. Fade out. away. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Trying, trying to go and go on the other side. Let, let me go ahead and tell you this. Look, we have made it to that one-hour uh, moment. I want to go ahead and Coach Clark, go ahead and give me your word of the day. I, I think the one thing that I take away from all of this today, is uh, the word for me is mental toughness. I can remember coaching a young man at Montgomery High School. We were in track practice one day, and we were just doing something simple as leg lifts. And we were doing six-inch leg lifts, and we were just trying to hold it. And uh, I can remember saying, hey, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. And this young man just decided he couldn't take it anymore, jumps up, walks out, and never ran track for me again. He finished the season, but he never ran track again because of that one moment in time where he completely broke. And he showed his character in that moment of what type of person. Now, he played every other sport, did everything everybody else said. But in that moment, he showed me where his mental toughness was and that he just didn't have it. And I think the one thing that athletes can take away from this conversation today is that in order for you to be the best that you have to be at all times, you have to be mentally tough to take the coaching that's coming along with it. And if you can't take that, then your chances of being successful and achieving goals will be lost. So today, I think the word of the day for me is being mentally tough. I got you. I got you. What's your measure? What's, what's your word of the day I'm to go ahead? That mental toughness. That's the biggest thing I see is because – Whenever getting a kid to see this, and there are some parents that, will, that are come in the facility that agree with it, is life's not easy. And it don't matter. You can put all the protective bubbles around a kid you want, and the kid can live in that bubble. And even as an adult, you can live in social media, and you can get all the likes and all the Instagram. But at some point, things are going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Things are going to be hard because it's, it's not an easy world out there. And... If you can develop mental toughness, like I told those young girls with the basketball team, show up to the games and don't respect anybody that comes on the court. And, and, and I told that when Alan Tinsley had the grant team with no athletes in 2019-2020. made the playoffs with them. The biggest thing with them was ignorance was bliss. They never played ball before. So you come on the court 25 points. I don't care. I don't know what that means. But they knew how to trap and press. Don't don't be disrespectful. There's a difference. Don't be disrespectful. Yes. But don't respect nobody. Don't don't sit there and say because if you can be mentally tough, and you can grab that jersey and scratch and claw and you can throw that elbow where you can wear someone down, and that's almost like a metaphor for wearing life down because life's gonna come at you hard. 
and you have to come back at it hard too. And that's what sports is supposed to be all about. And that's what comes full circle of the point that we were trying to talk about today is you're trying to create an environment, a safe zone, not on the streets, not anywhere, not when you're 30 in business world or, or, or in real life, where you can learn these lessons in a safe place and, and it's okay to mess up and fail, but you learn how to deal with that failure in adversity. And that way, when you become an adult, and I think a lot of people, all of us lose track of that. And sports is really, it's not about a grown man's win-loss record, really, in a high school football game. If you think about it, it's about, did you, we talked about Coach Kelly, even the coach staff of Buckeye is, is, you know, they weren't the greatest, but they still, I think the difference was back then, there was more of instilling how to be a better Man, man. man, yes, or woman, yes. Mm-hmm. yes, from the program, yes, you know, you learn how to deal with adversity and, 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 and things went as hard as they were in the 70s. And yeah, they got us you know, 20 years once again, 20 years ago. But you know, you you were taught, you learned those lessons in that in that in that bubble. Gotcha. And if you lost and you went home, and, and most people, the parents said, Okay, we'll go out and tough. You know, I told my seventh grade, I was beat up, I was an athlete, went home crying. My dad said, You're not going to quit. Right. So you might you might quit next year, but you're not you're not going to quit. Because somebody said, instilled that in him he, as well. Exactly. He said mm-hmm. because if you quit now, son, you're going to quit everything in yes. life. And that's the biggest thing is if you let those kids quit, and and, and a lot of them want to quit. If you get in the car and say someone cheated, if you do all these things, they're going to they're holding on to that more than any other lesson. They're going to hold on to the negative stuff really, and it's going to shape their view of the world. So when adversity comes out at 25, God forbid they end up in jail. Now you've got a real problem. Yes, yes. Let them learn how to deal with, with, with adversity and failure when they're when they're 12 and 14 and 16. And then they could probably deal with that better on the life. It may be hard in the moment. It may be hard to see your son cry or your, or your girl cry. But let them do it now rather than do it at 30. Uh, I 100% agree. Let me go ahead and tell you, I want to thank you, Coach, for just going ahead and coming out. Let me go ahead and tell you, Harley Rider, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I want to go in and make sure that you check this link. I'm going to try to go ahead and put it underneath this podcast. We're going to go and put it on Facebook. And also, remember that this is called Extreme Sports. Now, his phone number, is it okay for me to go ahead and put out your phone number? It's going to be 318-625-1408. All right. I want to say it again. It's 318-625-1408. Harley Three Stacks. Now, don't make a check out to him for Harley Three Stacks. I can't my name's Harley Ryder. Why? Yeah. I can't make a Facebook profile or change my name to Harley Ryder because it says you can't make a name with a fake name. I can't make a Harley Three Stacks. And a gentleman one time, I changed the joke in 2011. Somebody, a bodybuilder said, uh, you should get a 300 pound of the Harley Three Stacks. Like Andre 3000. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, uh, yeah. And I did it as a joke. I wanted to change it back. It said you can't have a fake name. So some guy at the, uh, at the court when you said, uh, Harley Three Stacks, is that German? I said, no. <laughs> I said, it's fake. It's not German. Harley Ryder, R-Y-D-R, but find me on Facebook, Harley Three Stacks. Extreme Sports and Human Performance is the uh, Facebook page, and, and eventually the webpage is more to come. But right now, like I, like I told Coach Bino, I've been in the trenches. I've been trying to put the program out there and spread the word and make a difference in these kids' lives and, and how they move. But, but like I said, it all circles back to trying to make better young men and women. Right? Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I was going to tell you, Coach, this is not a lie and on Facebook. Facebook will not allow you to put certain things in as a name. My second father's name was Cupid. Mm. 
and they would not let him use his real name, his government name, Christian the name yeah, yeah, on that. Facebook because they say this is fake. So I can understand how and they, and you they, have and to change. They used to let you put a driver's license to prove it, and the first time they did that about seven years ago, I was like, I'm not showing them my driver's yeah, license. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you yeah, can't even yeah. do that. Well, right. let me go ahead and tell y'all, remember, always go in and, and, and find something active to do. Let's make sure that we go ahead and give him some business out there. Definitely a great man, man of character. He's an old schooler. He's able to go ahead and, and uh, his character will go ahead and stand out. He He's he's acclimated about the kids. And I always want to go ahead and make sure that I'll leave you with this message. Good luck and Godspeed to game time. Community. This is game time. Family. It's game time. Awareness. There are moments when game time gets serious. And always remember, good luck and Godspeed and Godspeed and Godspeed.